Well, hello and welcome to this edition of Sean and D's Good Tape. I'm Sean Newell. That's Dennis Brzezinski over there. How you doing, D? Hello, Bongo. <laughs> What's the reference from? That's a Beatles reference from yes. the anthology, which we'll, we'll discuss. Yeah, that was that was a uh, interesting um, tape. Some of the interesting things that they said on the anthology. So if you've never heard them, I'm sure we'll bring them up over time. So, uh, but we got a big uh, playlist to get to this week. Um, I would say it's a lot different of a playlist than the ones that we've had over the past couple of weeks. A lot of newer songs this week. Well, yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, it's 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 actually a nine song episode, but the playlist that we'll put up is only eight songs because uh, the first artist that we'll discuss uh, isn't on Spotify. But before we get into it, Sean, I wanted to, to uh, address a couple of comments that we got. Okay. Just, all right. Uh, first of all, the feedback has been great from what I've what I've seen, and that makes me so goddamn happy. Uh, and with me saying so goddamn happy, uh, my mother gave us a note that said uh, that you don't swear as much as I do. And that's weird. And she was wondering why. <laughs> Does she not know and, you? <laughs> and what I told her was that. Oh, man. That probably means that she needs you to swear a little bit more. No, that's not what I said. I said, Sean's <laughs> a professional broadcaster. And he's used to not swearing. I'm just some jackass sitting here recording you know, a podcast with my friend. So I'm going to be conversational. And that's how I talk. Yes, if you if you um, notice on the uh, ratings for our show that there is the explicit button is pushed on that, and it's not because of me; it's totally because of D. But the question you, I would have is the question I what were you going to say? Go ahead. Well, you've slipped a time or two. Well, I was reading a quote from Eddie Vedder when I was cussing. Actually, uh, so. no, no, there's been some conversation towards. Uh, okay, okay. Well, anyhow, anyhow mom, I'm sorry, but you'll have to go back to the tape and prove that. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> mom, I'm sorry. Sean will swear more, and I will. Yeah, no, it's not. So, so I got I got to ask though. I was I was talking to somebody about this conversation today and telling them that your <laughs> that your mom got upset with you because you cuss too much. And I and I said, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're you know in high school or junior high or if you're 42 years old, such as we are. When your mom yells at you about something, it still kind of hurts a little bit. Oh, it fucking cracks me up <laughs> because I do this with my mom at home too. Like just you know, like. Oh, man. Oh, <laughs> you know, this is how I talk. You're gonna to have to get used to it. So, so does 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 she swear? Oh, not very often, okay. but every once in a while. Okay. You, you get a, you get a glass of wine in her, maybe it'll come out. Mm. Every once. Nice, nice. Yeah. Well, we'll try to uh, we'll try to limit our uh, cussing on the air, which means that I probably still won't cuss, and Dennis still will a lot. Yeah. We balance yeah. each other exactly. out that way. Absolutely, just like most of the things, like your memory and my shitty memory. <laughs> All right, let's get to our playlist. And and song number one, if you don't mind if I take this one, Dennis, um, oh, no, was absolutely. was my pick. And, you know, when we very first started off this show, a lot of it was, uh, ver- if you've listened to the first episode, and if you haven't, go back on either Apple or Spotify or Transistor, which is where we house the podcast, and, um, and listen back to the very first episode. One of the reasons that you started making the good tapes, which the show is named after, was the fact that I liked country music and you did not. So you were trying to influence the music that was played when we were driving around um, – um, in the small town that we grew up in and one of the but one of the country artists that i do believe i swayed you over to the other side on during that time was garth brooks you did. yes so yeah 
Garth Garth is one of those artists that really does cross over to all different types of music because the man makes a lot of really country songs, but he makes a lot of other songs that are really not country songs that lean more towards rock or towards pop or something like that. But I want to talk about probably his most controversial song, according to him. And I remember when this came out on the Chase album, which came out in 1992, and it's a song called We Shall Be Free that, um, you know, I, the reason I picked this, honestly, wasn't because of some huge fond memories for me for this song. But as I look at it, it just seems like a good song to talk about with everything that's going on in our world today with coronavirus and the George Floyd situation and everything else. This song was written um, kind of inspired off of the L.A. riots in 1992 based around the, the Rodney King incident with L.A. police and uh I I think it just still screams so much today that we need to basically be kind to one another and care about one another and not worry about colors of skin or sexual orientation or anything else and just look at each other as human beings and not something about them that you don't like. The the line of this song, Sean, I was never a big fan of this song, but, you know, I listened to it a couple of times in the last, you know, once we decided on this uh, playlist. Uh, When this world is big enough for all different views, when we can all worship from our own kind of pew, then we shall be free. I that that yeah, that was amazing. That's a great line, you know, regardless of what you think of country music or Garth Brooks or anything, but that's and it's it's you know relevant right now too. Yeah. So if you the reason Dennis said it's not on the playlist is because Garth is not on Amazon Music or Garth is only on Amazon Music and we're putting up these lists through Spotify. So um, so if you want to want to check that song out, I'm sure you can get it on YouTube or if I can find a YouTube link for it, I'll actually put it up on uh, on the playlist. No, the video, it's not available on YouTube. Uh, You can find, you know, some people just kind of uploaded it, but the actual video itself is not available. Well, that's interesting because the video has only been out since 2017. Did you see that in, in any research that oh. you did on it? The video, oh, well. was, yeah, the video was actually released just in 2017, um, and re- and as it says, returned one of his most talked about yet commercially least successful singles, introducing a previously unseen music video for "We Shall Be Free" to commemorate the song's 25th anniversary. And the reason that it wasn't out until 20, 2017 is because there was a lot of footage in it that he could not get cleared including footage from 9-11 news coverage and stuff like that that legal issues with music publishing however prevented its release and then, oh, they, finally, yeah, I do remember then, that. They, then they finally got it worked out and got it released and you yeah. know when you when you talk about his least successful songs one of his least successful songs from everything i've read and i watched his documentary on a and e that came out earlier this year that's now on netflix if you've got netflix you can watch it this song caused a big stir in the country music industry because a lot of country music fans just did not like it I love the the quote he has. All I can say about We Shall Be Free is that I will stand by every line of the song as long as I live. I'm very proud of it, and I'm very proud of Stephanie Davis, the writer. Yeah, it's a good song. You know, it's an interesting album, too, The Chase, because it's unlike anything. You know, you were used to the Friends in Low Places and and the the Thunder Rolls and that kind of stuff. But The Chase is kind of a strange album in terms of, you know, it's got a song like this on it. And then it's got a song about, uh, you know, actually a, a really a really sweet song uh, called Learning to Live Again. Basically, a guy whose wife has either left him or passed away or something like that. And he's trying to get back into dating. His friends are encouraging him to go out on a on a date with like a blind 
wine date, and he does. And throughout the whole thing, he's really hesitant to do it, and the girl's trying to encourage him to, like, have fun and stuff like that. And then at the end of the song, it's really kind of sad because at the very end of the song, he says, uh, so can I see you again? And she gives him a kiss on the cheek and says, we'll see. And then he, like, breaks down. He's like, this learning to live again is killing me. You know, and it's it's actually a really well-written song. It kind of the it leads you up to a dropping point you think it's going to have this happy ending and it does not have a happy ending whatsoever it's kind of kind of very well written like that but it's also got a cover of a patsy klein song walking after midnight which is a you know far cry you wouldn't see garth brooks singing patsy klein songs necessarily and then the other song that really sticks out to me from it is one of his bigger hits of his career called that summer do you remember that song Oh, the song is actually about if you listen to the words it's musically it sounds really good and sounds like a really good classic country song to listen to but the song is actually about a teenage boy who goes and stays on a farm with this widowed woman who needs farm help and they end up having an affair all summer it's very strange you know it's just not something and it was a huge hit and it, it just something when you think about what the lyrics actually mean to the song it doesn't equate to huge hit and it's one it's a song he sings almost every time he's in concert his wife actually wrote that song or at least co-wrote that song his wife at the time not his wife now very 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 interesting story though i thought uh you were talking about that uh, that that first song that maybe all of a sudden jumped in my head uh, uh taxi by harry chapin and uh, uh it's funny that I remember that because I believe I bought that <laughs> CD used uh, when we were, goddamn, we were probably 14. Okay. And I, I think we went to Springfield with your parents and uh, we stopped at one of those used rec records, CD stores or whatever. I, I remember I bought that some, anyhow. Uh, but no, I don't remember that summertime. And, and, and I saw that it was on that, that, that album. Uh, what was the album? that probably came out after that one the, with the red and in pieces the, in pieces yeah, That's the one. Mm -hmm. yeah so you were I, talking I, you were talking last week about my sammy hagar knowledge and yeah. garth's probably probably right there because i'm talking about most of the stuff off the top of my head so i could be getting it wrong but i'm pretty i'm pretty sure i'm right with most of it so yeah no this this song is relevant for today and and, and the reason this this uh, uh episode got nine songs is because that's not available on Spotify. If, if Amazon is a way to go, we, we can set that up too for people. Yeah. Just let us know. But yeah. uh, but we'll, that's that's what we'll do for now. Yeah. So just I, if I could ask anything, and, and I don't want to get too like because because all of these issues that we're talking about right now are not political issues. They're just about human kindness issues. And if everybody could just take a breath and be a little bit kinder to each other during this time and not politicize everything. And I don't, I'm, I'm not trying to be political or tell people what to do right now, but it would just make everything go so much better right now. Just do not be an asshole. Yeah, that's fair. Dennis, Dennis saying it in his way. Just keep that quote in the back of your mind. So what's next? Uh, next, Sean. Because that song was not available on Spotify, we decided to throw in uh, one of our first requests. Or band requests. And uh, we decided to go with, uh, with Homer and throw a Metallica song in there. And... Uh, we collaborated on this one and decided uh, uh, one from Injustice for All would be the one we would go with. Yes, good song. Um, one of the what what is it that the quote here that says in this uh, research that you did that the Guitar World ranked it the seventh all time guitar solo of all time? That's a uh, in two in two thousand five. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. that's pretty big i mean guitar it's an amazing guitar so it is and guitar driven rock isn't as much of a thing as it used to be so i can't imagine this has really gone down too much in the rankings over the well, no, last no. 15 years 
and this is a classic. I mean, this is this was the song that put Metallica on the main stage, you know, the Grammy and all that shit. Uh, their first, their very first video that aired on MTV was this song, and, and I mean, it's it's and it's so good still. Yes, it was a good it was a good lead in to coming out with the Black Album to set them over the top and make everybody put them on the mainstream. You know, as you said, you know, this started it. The Black Album pushed them completely over the top. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. This was the mainstream success they needed to do what they did on the Black Album. So, you know, we like to tell stories on this show, just random stories at times. And I've got a good one with this song that I think of sometimes when I hear this song. And you'd kind of forgotten about it, Dennis, a little bit. But we we had we had we had um, this little thing, as you've mentioned before, that we like to make parody songs of songs a lot, you know, and just come up with stupid things. We referenced um we referenced Polly a few weeks ago by Nirvana. This is one of those songs that we did, and, and we're going to bring up something for the first time that people that know us will know was a big part of our lives when we were in high school and college. And, I mean, even when we were starting to work real careers, you know, still working on weekends at Hamilton's Catering, you know, which was a catering company based in Franklin that went all around central Illinois to um, – deliver food places and all that kind of fun stuff. But it was a big part of our lives growing up. There's no doubt about it. And one of the places that uh, the owner had that he would do a lot of caterings at was this place called Northfield in Springfield. That was, I still, when I think of that place, think, oh, that place was awful. It was absolutely awful to be at because it was such a big place that you had to haul stuff so far to get it anywhere. And then you would probably end up having caterings for what 1500 people a lot of times oh and it was always sit downs too which oh, were yeah. the worst where you yeah. had to, to seat the plate in meals oh it's awful well and, and so <laughs> so the problem was the problem was is that you you didn't have to wash all of the dishes you know we talk about talk about um you know labor that's not necessarily the most fun stuff in the world and uh, you'd have to wash all the dishes and stuff and and we took the song one by metallica and, and a lot of this had to do with our friend richie and our friend brad you know um that uh worked with us at hamilton's and we we and i don't remember all of the words to this but you know the really the part where it gets into uh like the heavy drums and all of that stuff and like they they go through the big guitar solo and then the drums start hitting and then james hetfield starts the the um, darkness imprisoning me, all that I see, you know, we changed that to Northfield imprisoning me, all that I see, nasty bleach water. I cannot drink. I cannot smoke because we all smoked cigarettes at the time. Um, and then it was something, something, something. And then, then something along the lines of Hamilton's watching me, you know, that type of thing, talking about George, the owner of the place, who was actually a really nice guy, but it fit, the, nar- it fit the narrative of the song. But it, it actually brought back a fun memory for me when we decided we were going to do this song that, uh, that it, it fit that really well with one of our many many parody songs that we like to do well and it's fun that to bring that up too because hamilton's was such a big part of both of our lives uh you know through this timeline with benny especially uh and then then years afterwards uh but uh but yeah no northfield <laughs> my other one that i can talk about because we'll never put the song on the playlist is uh the song proud mary <laughs> you know you know what i'm talking oh, about um right. and and we <laughs> we we changed it to M- marie long was the one of the cooks at hamilton's and she passed away about a year and a half ago and god rest her soul because she was one of the nicest women you wouldn't think that when you very first meet her because she was so gruff but she actually gave a she cared a lot about all of us was everybody's mother like she cared so much about yes. all of us. It was amazing. And and anybody listening to this that knows Marie Long yeah. will have the exact same thought. Like she was just an amazing human being. 
I stopped by the Flashes Junction or whatever it's called now, probably two years ago, because Amanda's parents still live in Franklin. So I still go there from time to time. And I ran up there to get something because we were having some sort of family dinner. And uh, she was working there because she doesn't she didn't work at Hamilton's anymore. She had switched to the high school to be a cook there and worked at the junction on weekends. And when I walked in, I didn't see her. And of course, I turn around and there she is and gave me a big hug. And I hadn't seen her in years. And it was really, really nice to see her and everything. And then unfortunately, you know, she she had a I believe it was um, some sort of heart episode and passed away in January of last year, which is which is super sad. But we came up with a song instead of Proud Mary, it became Proud Marie. And it was they had this big um, like step van is what it was called. And we, we came up the song with Proud or Step Van Keep on Turning, Proud Marie Keep on Burning, Rolls, Rolls, Rolls Without Butter, which was also one of our fun parodies. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Rolls Without Butter so bad. What'd you Marie. say? You wanted to say rolls, rolls, rolls without butter so badly, I could tell. Yeah. Uh, well, the, the, you know. the thing of it was, is, uh, and this was actually more of our friend Richie than it was us, but at one certain point, they decided to start buying their rolls ex- ex- instead of making them themselves, and then they didn't butter the rolls anymore. It offended Richie greatly that they didn't, <laughs> that they didn't butter the rolls anymore. How could they cut costs like that? I remember 15-year-old Richie saying. <laughs> the punch. You love that fucking punch. He did love the punch, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Marie, we love you, and I miss you so very badly. So. Yeah, that's that's still still sad, and I'm, I I can't even imagine how much of a void that's left in Franklin just as a just as a whole. But anyway, uh, Homer, that, that was your Metallica fix for for this month at least. We'll, I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess Homer didn't expect the conversation to go where it went. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. So we'll 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 get back to it, oh, and uh, we'll, we'll dive deeper into Metallica. Yeah. So next on the list is um, we did something kind of weird this week. Um, in case you hadn't noticed, we uh, generally I pick a Sammy Hagar or Van Halen song because I've been a huge fan for a long time. And Dennis picks a Pearl Jam song. And this week, Dennis suggested because he wanted to pick the Van Halen song this week, suggested that we switch. So we did. And I picked the next song by Pearl Jam and actually picked a much more recent song than most of our uh, songs that we've been going through. And this came off of the uh, 2013 album. Is it called Lightning Bolt? Dennis, the album? Okay, which is a great song on the album, by the way, too. But this song is Sirens off that album. And um, you know what what I like about this song so much is probably the the chorus in it. And I'm going to read it here really quick. And then, Dennis, you probably have a better understanding of what, what this song came from and, and all that stuff. But I really like how Eddie sings the line, It's a fragile thing, this life we lead. If I think too much, I can't get over. When by the grace by which we live, our lives with death over our shoulders. Want you to know that should I go, I always loved you, held you high above too. I studied your face, the fear goes away. That is such a powerful little paragraph in a song or a chorus to a song i can't think of any that are much more powerful than that jesus christ when this song came up uh, like it was uh it was about a month before the album actually dropped and uh you know the digital download and, and uh, the video and when i first heard mike mccready's guitar solo i literally teared up it was amazing and uh and on my way home from work uh from springfield to franklin i had a uh a point where I knew, all right, I start this song. I can listen to it twice right before I pull into the driveway. Oh, dang. Okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I was so crazy about this song. It was just so powerful and it was really nothing like, uh, uh, Pearl Jam had done before. I mean, they done kind of weird 
you know, love song sort of things, but this was like an actual power ballad by the band, you know, not like black, not like other songs like that, but it, this was just, and, and, and yeah, the music, the lyrics were incredible, just so well done. Like mm-hmm. I was obsessed with this song. Uh, that album. Uh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, no, no. Yeah. That album. That album, just in general, I, I mean, I, I've always liked Pearl Jam, but I probably got away from them for a while with, you know, their 2005 album was pretty good. Uh, it was very politically based, though, which, you know, there, there weren't necessarily, and you may differ your opinion on this because you're you're such a big fan, but it wasn't necessarily songs I wanted to listen to over and over and over again, even though I liked them. You know, I didn't, I didn't dislike them, I, and I didn't even necessarily disagree with them or anything like that. I just didn't want to hear them all the time. But this album in 2013, Lightning Bolt, was one that you you're like, I can put this album on. I can listen to it. It's an awesome, awesome album. And we talked about it at the time. Like, Yield was, Yield was great. They went to, like, oh, fuck it. Let's do a rock album. Mm-hmm. And then they put out uh, Binaural and Riot Act and uh, the Avocado album, the self-titled album. And then went to Lightning Bolt. And, you know, they did another rock album. Yeah. And, uh, and when we saw them live, I remember being disappointed they didn't play this song. Uh, a friend of mine. A they didn't play this when we were there? No, no. That's weird because that? they were on that tour. That's strange. I don't remember yes. that. No, I don't remember yeah. that. Because, But they did play, uh, you know, Given a Fly, uh, which will come up later. Later episode. Uh, Imagine. And uh, Jesus, what was the other one? But anyhow, but they didn't play this. I remember when we left, you were disappointed and said, God, they didn't play Simons. But... Uh, as you know, Pearl Jam puts out bootlegs for all of their mm-hmm. concerts. There is a show in uh, Vienna, Austria, on this tour, where it's a, it's in a tiny venue, not a tiny venue, but a smaller venue than what they play in America, and uh, uh, the they play this song in the uh huh that part of that song, like the whole crowd does that, and you know, oh, that's and, cool. Yeah, it's amazing. And a friend of mine was at that show, and, and she told me how just awesome it was and going back to uh, garth brooks one of the things that made me fall in love with garth, garth brooks was we watched that central park uh concert and, mm-hmm. and you know uh the crowd like saying like every word to almost every song and garth was just like enamored with it and that's one of the coolest things you'll ever see absolutely is, yeah is is a goddamn crowd singing an artist's songs right back at them like holy shit yeah, no, that, that unanswered prayers version that you're talking about is oh. w- with Garth. And, and it's still, I've seen Garth now in concert a couple of times, and I had not until the last few years when he's been back out on tour again, and it happens like that every single time. And whether he's just doing, you know, I'm going through the, this is how I need to look in concert, and this is how I need to act, he seems like he's overwhelmed by it every single time it happens. So it's it's pretty cool. And, the other- whether it's genuine or not, I mean, you can't help but, like, goosebumps. Even when I see, like, Motley Crue, somebody singing Motley Crue song back then. <laughs> I, I still was like, Holy did, shit. did you did you just have to bring up Vince Neil so I can crap on him all over again this week? Uh, no, 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 no. I, I just <laughs> meant, you know, you already, you know, pointed out that Motley Crue was never my thing. So yeah, yeah. And Vince Neil. And he, it's not my thing anymore either. I wouldn't pay a dime to go see them in concert again. Um, uh, anyway, the other song about in 2014 that we saw them that I was just like, wow, that's really cool that they played because you were mentioning Given to Fly is is Crown of Thorns. That was really cool. Oh, the Chloe yeah. Dancer and Crown of Thorns, that was really cool to hear in so concert that night. So that leads that me night. to uh, two things, uh, future episodes. Uh, 
one of them will have to do just an all covers one, mm-hmm. you know, like eight cover songs, and uh, 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 another one that that Richie might be able to be involved in too is would be an all uh, Beatles. Yes. One. Yeah. Yes. Yes, we got. I really... think Richie would be a good choice for that one because he was there for all those midnight things for the anthologies for us, right? Yeah. Were you there all for all of them? Uh, I wasn't there for the third one because okay. I had moved to uh, up north, but I I was at it in uh, uh, Elmhurst or yeah Elmhurst. Okay, yeah. interesting. I, I couldn't I couldn't remember. I remember standing outside Best Buy thinking, "Man, what are we doing?" Because it's yeah. really late. Yeah. <laughs> you know? A double CD that's not going to sell out. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So um, up next, I believe, is one that you picked, Dennis. It is, Sean. This is a uh, Rusty Cage by uh, Sounder. Uh, the reason I picked this song is we had to introduce Soundgarden because they were huge in this time. And uh, this is going to coincide with the next song. Uh, but uh, Johnny Cash covered this song also. But anyhow, let's go back. Rusty Cage was the, the third single off the bad finger. And uh, uh, yeah, it's just a great goddamn song. And I saw, I saw them. I went with our friend Brandon in uh, 2014 uh, and saw Soundgarden and opened up for Nine Inch Nails you know, before Chris Cornell passed. Uh, and uh, when he played the song, he introduced it as this is the first of two Johnny Cash covers you're going to hear tonight. That's awesome. Yeah, it's it was so cool. It's so cool. And it's such a great rock and roll song. And uh, uh, that reminds me of our friend Tom. Uh, we were hanging out one night uh, at his cousin Dave's house and uh, and he was convinced this was a Johnny Cash song that Soundgarden covered and me and him sat there and argued and argued this was in the days where you know dial up internet was so so his cousin Dave you know my friend Dave our friend Dave uh, you know had to go online after me and Tom argued for a couple hours about who wrote the song it was hilarious. It was so much fun. I just, uh, I can only imagine what that argument was like. Yeah, <laughs> just listening. Yeah. I can, I can just listen to you two do that right now in my head and think to myself oh my that God. you could have argued, you literally could have argued after Dave informed Tom that, uh, he was wrong and he still would have argued that he was right. Am I, am I going anywhere right with this? Absolutely. Absolutely. And the funniest thing is, it's about that family is they love just kind of needling things. Oh you know, yeah. So yeah, so yeah. both, you know, so Dave was pushing buttons like, yeah, Tommy, Tom, you're probably right. D, you're probably right. Well, I mean, Tom got that honestly because he was the biggest shit stirrer that I ever met. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's your cuss word for the day. <laughs> there it is. There it is. That's one. Yeah. yeah. Mom, <laughs> see, he does work. Uh, so, like, the other cool thing was this was their their big album, their big, big breakthrough album, Bad Motor Finger. And, uh, we had uh, Guns N' Roses Don't Cry on the last uh, episode. Yes. And, uh, uh, so during this album cycle, they opened up for Guns N' Roses. They finished that up. And then, Sean, they also opened up for Skid Row's Slave to the Grind Tour. Yes, I saw that on your sheet here. And yeah, that made me yeah think I thought of, you would appreciate that. That made me think of me and you are the only two people that I know that actually like the song. Well, not the only two people I know that like the song, but we really like the song. Um, monkey business by by Skid oh, Row. Yeah. Yes. Because yes. <laughs> that's not true. Oh shit! There's a Bill Burr uh, thing on YouTube that I'll I'll find and send you. Like he loves that. Like he saw them play that at Saturday Night Live or some shit like that. You know the comedian Bill Burr, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
oh, it's so great. Like, he's like, come on, that's a great song. Well, I remember in, in probably 2008, I want to say, it was right when uh, Rock of Love by Brett Michaels was a huge thing on, on MTV or VH1 or whatever it was on. And Poison and and uh, and Sebastian Bach came to the Peoria Civic Center. And I believe, if I'm remembering right, Dennis, you and a group of our friends saw the same concert down at the Prairie Capital Convention Center in Springfield, sure. like the night Absolutely. before or the night after. But I remember I was there with uh, with a co-worker at the time, and we're watching, and, and Sebastian Sebastian box on stage and he's singing all the skid 18 in life and youth gone wild and all that stuff. And the crowd's really into it. And then he sings monkey business. And I swear to God, most of the crowd was like, eh. and I'm like, yes, it was like, to me, that was the best song. <laughs> it was like in the middle of the set too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I thought it was great, but the rest of the crowd did not. And they were really just there to see poison, which was sad to me, but it was a fun show for what it was. Yeah. Yeah. For what it was. Mm-hmm. All right, D what is our next song on the list? Well, in relation to Rusty Page and the uh, Johnny Cash cover, uh, we're going with uh, Hurt by Nine Inch Nails. This song was amazing when it was on Downward Spiral, their second major, Nine Inch Nails, Trent Reznor's second major album. It, it was one of those singles, and it was just an amazing song. It was, you know, at that time, you know, dark and depressing and moody. You know, just like a lot of kids were at that time. And so, uh, what year did that come out? The Nine Inch Nails version. The Nine Inch Nails version. Yeah. How you were gonna ask me that? Roughly. I mean, I don't need an exact year. Well, I want to say it was '92 because the first okay. album or the first single off that was Closer. So it was like '92, '93, '94, one of those things. Oh, like cl- Closer. Okay, Closer was the yeah. song. I remember the song Closer, but it was the song that was in Seven, correct? Well, Closer is the. I want to, yeah, like an animal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah okay, all right. So, yeah, mid 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 nineties. Yeah. Okay. Yes, this was their second big one. This was the one that propelled Nineties Nails to the to the top. So I'm not gonna lie. You know, talking about Tom getting into an argument with you about Rusty Cage and Johnny Cash or Soundgarden. I never heard this as a Nine Inch Nails song the first time, and I have since plenty of times because their version is good too. But the first time I ever heard the song was actually as a Johnny Cash song, not as a Nine Inch Nails song. Are you serious? I never put this on a goddamn page. Nope, nope. I've I never heard the song until until Johnny Cash covered it, which, by the way, was amazing. But we'll get into that. Yep. So at that same concert, uh, Brandon and I were at. uh, You know, it was. uh, you know, Chris Cornell said of Rusty Cage, this is the first of two Johnny Cash covers you'll hear tonight. And uh, Nine Inch Nails routinely closes with, uh, with this song, you know, like in a somber way, trying and the keyboards to find himself. And it's amazing. It's just so good. But the fact that he actually even just says, you know, after Johnny Cash won awards for it, critical acclaim, uh, says it's not my song anymore, it's just astounding to me, you know, yeah. from somebody like Trent Reznor. Yeah. Well, when Johnny Cash decided to start doing the the cover songs, I mean, there if you if you haven't seen it, and I know you're not a huge country music fan, D, but but uh, Ken Burns's country music um, documentary that he put together for PBS that aired over over several nights in uh, earlier this year. Or maybe it was it was late last year. Actually, it wasn't earlier this yep. year. It was late last year. Part of a lot of the show focuses on Johnny Cash, which you would probably expect. And probably one of the most interesting things about it was is Johnny towards the end of his career and, and before he died was basically just looking to find ways to 
reinvent himself to make himself more relevant again, which is why no. he started decided to start doing the cover songs. And, and, you know, when it comes down to the fact that these songs end up turning into his own songs because they're so good, I think he pulled it off just fine. Those, those Rick Rubin American Recordings albums, mm. amazing. I've got yeah. the box set on vinyl, and I have most of them on CD. And mm-hmm. They're so good. There's so many great ones. But her absolutely is the one that stands out that video wow. itself oh the video and, and his wife is in it but his wife's in it but the video came out i believe like right around the time that she died which was oh. actually just a few months before he died but just watching it and you can you can just see that it's the and if you and if you've read the johnny cash autobiography if you haven't you should because it's amazing and the movies that have come out about him and stuff like that but he let yeah, it, i don't like the movie he let a, i he love let that a, book but i hated that movie. he let it he led a interesting life though i mean you know just uh he went through a lot of stuff with drug addiction and he lost his brother to a bad accident when he was a kid and his dad wasn't necessarily all that great to him and stuff and you can like hear all of that come out when he sings this song and the loss of his getting older the loss of his wife yeah this song and 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 i noticed that in the last uh, show too that you can hear me pounding on the uh, the table so I'll, i'll try not to do that but yeah this song is so beautiful and, mm-hmm. and haunting coming out of his mouth like rick rubin did an amazing job yes. bringing that out of him yeah in the video where he's pouring out the goblet of wine like yeah damn that was incredible yeah yeah absolutely it's a it's a great song and, and you know the nine inch nail song i don't want to take away from their version because it's uh it's it's just a totally different, different. sounding song yeah absolutely uh this also uh, gave us gave me a chance to bring up the fact that uh we'd go to leo's pizza Several of us, you know, a lot of times. And uh, uh, there was a couple of songs on the jukebox that we, as shithead kids, we would, would like to play. Uh, and there was a Nine Inch Nails song on there and uh, uh, a Nirvana song that we thought was funny to play. And it turns out that we were assholes and idiots <laughs> and well. jerks. But uh, but it makes me think of Leo's Pizza and uh, the, you know, in those times. It, yeah. it was so much fun. We went to Leo's Pizza a lot. <laughs> we were frequent frequent leo's visitors and you Absolutely. know the funny thing about that is and i know if i don't bring up this story that um, our friend richie would be very disappointed and have to send me a text that i didn't bring it up is that every single time we were there that he would always unscrew the top of the of the parmesan cheese and you would always take it and dump it all over your pizza it happened every single time and i can hear him laughing as he's listening to this story right now <laughs> <laughs> laughing out of peace but uh, uh, what's funny is I like Parmesan cheese. Yeah. I mean, sure, it would annoy the hell out of me that he would do that. But. And, you know, you had to go to Leo's to get sausage pizza because everybody likes sausage. Everybody likes sausage. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next two songs are mine, I do believe. And I picked them they because I, I picked them. I don't really know why I picked them, to be honest, other than the fact that I was feeling very mellow when uh, I needed to make this playlist um, yesterday when we were going back and forth on it. But um, the first one is The World I Know by uh, Collective Soul. And I picked this song because, well, it's a really good song. Um, even 25 years later since it came out, it was actually off of their uh, debut album, I do believe, that most people know for, no, not their debut. Is, is it no. their first successful song? Or their, their no. first successful album then? It, it, no, their first album was successful. This one came off of uh, uh, their their uh, self titled album. I think came out second. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. But, it, but the it, first, yeah, yeah, the it, first one had like that. What I 
what I guess I would challenge people for on this song is go back and listen to it because it's really good and and it's got a good uh, a good vibe to it. If you just need to mellow out a little bit, go ahead. Me and you are such suckers for songs like this. Yeah, and the next song that, that's coming up is, uh, uh, you know, not a lot of our friends would necessarily feel the same way, but but we just love. Well, we can almost talk about these two songs together, to be quite honest. You know, and we we just love a good fucking power ballad. Yeah, like something meaningful or or you know just has a couple of words and be like fuck yeah it was a good the, chorus it was the vast majority of the reason that i started liking sammy hagar was for songs like that you know exactly. um well, yeah no, no, or van they, halen they, we talked about skid row uh, uh, earlier or or uh you know guns and roses from the uh, last show and you know like it's just we were always suckers for songs like this yeah. and that's one of the reasons we got along but i music. will but i will say that if you've never if, if you haven't listened to collective soul in a long time which i can understand why you haven't because they haven't necessarily been like in the mainstream or anything just go on to one of your music your favorite music provider listen to their greatest hits album and you'll be like dang that's some good stuff i've seen them in concert a couple of times in recent years they put on one heck of a show and that vibe that you get from this song you get the entire concert to where you don't feel like wow i'm i'm like totally getting like rocked out you know in your face it's just very mellow the crowd's really mellow it's just a it's an enjoyable experience to watch them in concert i would love to see them i mean they've got the memories for some of their songs with us like Mm -hmm. uh holy uh hold on (laughs) i'm looking it up now that very first song they had that gel gel is that what it was yes that's right yeah do you remember bowling in waverly or were you not in our gym class yeah i i kind of remember it i was there but we would do that one in uh, Last Dance with Mary Jane. That's the song I remember, <laughs> the yeah. Tom Petty song, over and over and over again. Yeah. Yeah, Jell was their first big hit. And, and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and we'll talk about Collective Soul, I'm sure, in future episodes because there's a couple of songs I'm thinking about. Yeah, too. yeah. But, uh, but the guy's got a great voice. It's such a great message, uh, too. Uh, you know, just... I drink myself of newfound pity sitting alone in New York City, and I don't know why. Don't know why. That's so, that's such a great line. It is. So I walk up on high and step to the edge to see my world below. I laugh at myself while the tears roll down because it's a world I know. Yeah, it's a good song. And then then you transition that into the next song, which is Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls, which is also... I got the same sort of vibe to it and it was it was probably i mean i don't want to say it's their biggest hit but it's close to being their biggest hit if it's not because it actually uh, is their yeah. biggest hit Sean. and one of the reasons i picked this song is because my buddy brent who i'm in rotary with because yes i'm that person now who's in a rotary club he absolutely loves the goo goo dolls and we went and saw the goo goo dolls in concert here in peoria a few years ago he also loves our show he's listened to both episodes and is very complimentary and i thought Thank you, brent. Need, need to give him a shout out and talk about a song that he really likes which is iris by the goo goo dolls it, goo goo dolls are his favorite band which you know you were t- saying last week that i'm the first person or the only person that you can think of that like Sammy Van Halen's their favorite band Goo Goo Dolls is the only Brent is the only person I know that his favorite band is the Goo Goo Dolls well this song is amazing it's it so is. good uh, uh, their two best songs I think are this and Name mm-hmm. uh, which was off of their, their the album before that A Boy Named Goo uh, which are both those sort of power ballads just like World I Know that, that I'm thinking of uh, the the uh, did you go see the? Were you at that show at the State Fair when Goo Goo Dolls headlined? It was with a, a no. 
Smash Mouth and Sugar Ray. No. <laughs> yeah, those are a couple other bands. But no, this song is amazing. It's so good. Johnny Resnick is such a great singer. Uh, the fact that they went from this punk band to mm-hmm. this adult contemporary VH1 sort of thing. Uh, that was the note I was curious. Uh, Iris also remains one of the biggest crossover hits in the history of popular music, crossing over from modern rock radio to pop and adult contemporary, reaching number one at all of these formats and be- becoming the most played song in 1998. Yeah. I remember the first time I heard it, I was like, wow, that's a really good song. Oh, my God. Did, yeah. Do you remember the video where he's spinning no. around in that tower? No, I don't think so. So so this song originally was on the soundtrack for that uh, Nicolas Cage uh, Oh, shit. The goddamn Sleepless in Seattle. Meg Ryan movie. Uh, oh, City of City Angels. Day. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and like, I remember when that, that, that movie came out. It's not a very good movie, but that, that song started popping up on the radio and everything. I was just like, holy shit, this is Goo Dolls. This is amazing. It was so good. That that soundtrack, by the way, had a lot of uh, big name singers on it. Had Goo Goo Dolls on it. Alanis Morissette was on it. You mentioned her last week. A song called "Uninvited," which do you remember that song? Half assed. It's a good song, if I remember right. I mean, I remember it being very powerful. You know, that's the, the Alanis that was, Morissette song. On that? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, God, yeah. Okay, then I do. I do remember that. Yeah, I, I don't. I if you told me sing that song right now, I couldn't. But oh, uh, but uh, but I but I um, <laughs> nor would you want to hear me sing that song. But uh, but um, I do remember it just being a very powerful song that went well on the soundtrack but you know some of those soundtracks of those movies in the late 90s where they got real big name artists and stuff like that turned out to be really good oh yeah oh my god and, and i'm sure there'll be other songs that come up you know in future episodes uh, i can think of three right off the top of my head I, the one that pops into my head is uh sun shower from the great Expectations soundtrack by chris cornell oh, yeah. that's a great song chris and then that actually transitions into this is going to be our longest episode because we're rambling on a lot of stuff, but it's fun. And that's what we're here to do is have fun. That also Absolutely. brings me up to that album that Sun Shower was on by Chris Cornell that also had what what somebody something with the friend for the end of the world. Oh, uh, Seeking a Friend for the End of the World. That's a really good song. Yeah. Also in the vein of kind of this type of a song where a lot of people would say, what's wrong with Chris Cornell? I thought it was good. Those solo albums are incredible Mm -hmm. and when we get to the uh, covers episode that we do eventually you know i'll have a couple ideas with him when you just brought Uh, up including including his cover of metallica one where he sings it to the guitar of u2's one that sounds cool i think you've played that for me before i think i've heard that before yeah it's amazing if you haven't listened to it so, so the other thing that I just got an idea of as we've uh, we've been talking, you mentioned um, you mentioned Sugar Ray and Smash Mouth with uh, with Goo Goo Dolls. <laughs> we should probably do at one at one point a one hit wonder show. Oh, just a shitty song episode. It doesn't have to be shitty necessarily. Oh, okay. Not every song has to be shitty. You just wanted me to say shitty, um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you said it four times. Who in the hell's Coach Seymour anyhow? Um, <laughs> anyway. Um, we should probably just do a one hit wonders of, you know, rock bands or whatever that came out with Love it. Yeah. Love it. Uh, also, yeah. did I say at the beginning of the show or, or not? Uh, we have a request. So the next episode will, we will feature REM to the, the, the people that have requested that. Me. 
What's the song? Uh, well, 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 me and you will discuss it, but I think oh. I have an idea of what's a good one. Oh, j- it's not a particular song. It's just the band. Oh, no, 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 no. They just want us to talk about R.E.M., oh, okay. the band. So. Nice. Nice. Uh, so where were we at? I think we're at the next song, which is yours. The next song. This next song is uh, No Rain by Blind Melon. We brought Shannon Hoon up last week uh, because his first recorded, uh, released recording was uh, as a backup singer on Don't Cry. But this song is No Rain by Blind Melon the infamous b-girl video mm-hmm. uh this song was everywhere sean was it not it was absolutely and the picture of the b-girl was everywhere and yeah it was it was all over the place i can honestly say that i don't know necessarily that i really paid attention to what this song was necessarily about other than everybody could sing the song i don't know what at 16 years old that i really paid attention to the song itself well and, and if you go to one hit wonders this actually could you know qualify as that because there wasn't a lot of thought paid to them after this song. Uh, yeah. They had some great singles, uh, but this was obviously the one that launched them, their first major one, uh, which is sad. Uh, I remember getting into them more uh, with uh, with the behind the music that VH1 uh, played, like uh, us and our friends watched that and were like, holy shit, maybe we underestimated this band, mm-hmm. you know, song like changes or multiple cavities like we talked about last week uh but uh but but it was just such a catchy goddamn song uh one of my fondest memories of this is uh driving around with our friend brandon in his uh bird car we his bird car <laughs> <laughs> but we were uh we were on his mom's bag phone hi linda uh calling jbo requesting this song Oh, and man. Dear Mr. Fantasy by Traffic constantly just driving around as you know, idiot 16 year olds. How so come you weren't fun. flying around since it was a bird car? Well, it was a bird name. <laughs> I don't know anything about that. It was funny, too, because I told Sean, or, or, Sean, I told Brandon, uh, uh, you and him have the uh, the best memories that I could think of. Uh-huh. And I said it would be fun to also have him you know, listen and call me out in the bullshit that <laughs> yeah. I'm making up. But he did clarify this story when I talked to him earlier. So. Oh, man. That's funny. You know, I, going back to this really quick, I'm reading, you You sent me some stuff about, um, about this song because you yeah. had put it on the list. One thing that really is kind of... Uh, Sad is uh, the last line of this stuff says Shannon Hood, the lead singer of the rock band, filmed himself from 1990 to 1995 on a video camera recording up until just a few hours before his sudden death at the age of 28. So he basically had a video diary of himself right up until almost the moment that he died. So uh, Danny Clinch, uh, the great photographer, he also directed the uh, Eddie Better Water on the Road uh, Blu-ray and 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 the sirens video uh, is responsible for this. He was, he was a big fan of uh, uh, blind melon and all of them around it. And uh, uh, he's been working on this for years and years. This all I can say documentary that's going to be released. We're recording this on Thursday, the 25th. So tomorrow you'll hear this this weekend, but tomorrow on Friday, this will be available on VOD. The uh, all I can say documentary. Nice. Um, which looks incredible. Again, you can find the uh, behind the music on YouTube, but I'm looking so forward to seeing this movie. Uh, Danny Clint is amazing, uh, uh, has an amazing eye, and, and it's going to be so interesting. And, and this 
Shannon Hoon was was such an interesting person. You know, reading I've read a couple of books on him and and, and the thing, of, uh, it, it, and I, I I can't wait to see it. Nice, it's such an underrated. Yeah, I'll check that out. I, I've, I've not been, I mean, I, I know the a couple of Blind Melon songs, that one and the song Galaxy, We I think we talked about a little bit last week, or you yeah. and I talked about offline, I can't remember, but uh, but um, I, I want to check that out, and maybe I need to listen back to some of their stuff a little bit more than I have in the past. And I do believe when they released uh, Soup, I think on uh, Saturday Night Live, they played Galaxy and uh, uh, what became known as the stripped away version of this song, No Rain. Okay. Uh, so that's worth looking up on YouTube, too. Cool. It's awesome. also on the album Nico. Nico? Nico, yeah. Which okay. was uh, released after he passed away. But... I think right, I think we were up to our last song today, which, song. weirdly enough, I would have not thought when we started the show that you would pick this song instead of me, but go ahead. Well, what was funny was when we started talking about doing this podcast a couple of months ago, uh, I knew we would have to talk about Van Halen and Sammy Hagar an awful lot. And that, that I was trying to think, like, you know, and, and I said last week, like, every time I've seen him, I've enjoyed the shit out of him. But this song, Don't Tell Me What Love Can Do Off of Balance, was the one that I kept listening to over and over. And it's just so good. Amazing. Just this just song. Heavy. Yeah. yeah. Just heavy. And like you, you brought up last week with this album, Balance, like they went darker, a little more grunge, if you will. Yeah. And uh, it's 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 just it's so good, and his vocals is so powerful. It is, and and the, the, I think the thing that makes this song more interesting to me is this was one of my favorite songs that came out on that album. You know, it just you know, don't tell me what love can do. The end of it, the hey hey hey. You know, it's it's really really powerful to hear that over and over again. You know, you can and and honestly, he has said in the past that he doesn't sing this song in concert for the main reason that it blows his voice out, and I can understand why, especially as he you know continues to age. I've I've never heard him play this song in concert, and as and oh, as, really? as really never. In seventeen shows, he doesn't never play. Heard it. He the only song that he plays off of Balance is the Seventh Seal, and that's it. He doesn't oh. hardly ever play anything else from Balance, and I think that's it's good. because if you probably read into some of your research, this song in particular is one of the sticking points that led to the band breaking up, because he actually wrote this song not called "Don't Tell Me What Love Can Do," but but how was how was I want to tell you what love can do, and it was meant as a way, and it, and part of this is based on Kurt Cobain. Um, and his death, you know, when he, when he committed suicide, but it was a way to say that everybody can be saved and we need to tell people what love can do as a way to bring it a powerful thing. But Eddie apparently wanted to make it more heavy and dark and told him he had to change it to don't tell me what love can do. Uh, so I watched the video a couple of times and, uh, it, it doesn't hold up like right now it does. And the other thing that, that I, that I thought was interesting was that, uh, Eddie's full, uh, goatee yeah which was a little unnerving because you don't picture him with a uh, goatee but uh uh i do love the fact that and this is going to bring us to uh, uh the topic that i want to talk about why we ended it with the van halen song is is sammy hagar just stuck to his guns with this he was just like i want to have this song mean what i want mm -hmm. what i want it to mean you know, the guitar was great. The drum was great. The Van Halen brothers did their job. Uh, you know, and obviously he was referencing a lot of things with Kurt Cobain. Uh, 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 
it, it, it was uh, and powerful, like, you know, like, God, if I could have just reached out to this kid, maybe I could have made a difference. Uh, but it, it would, it's just so powerful. Mm-hmm. And one of those things where, where again, you know, it's not Mas tequila. Uh, it's a, uh, <laughs> I think you mean that in a good way, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. And that's going to lead me to my, you know, we're going to get off the, the, the shitty subject. Uh, that's going to lead me to uh, one of the things I want from this podcast more than anything in the world is to uh, have a third little square up here on the Zoom with Sammy Hagar <laughs> and talk to him. So, so this is where we're starting. This is not where we're starting, but I'm I'm pushing the the Sean needs Sammy thing. Like, is it a hashtag? Need, it's a hashtag. Yes. Sean needs Sammy. Yes. <laughs> so whatever you whatever you post, Sean, just go ahead and throw it on there. Okay, I will uh, do that. But, uh, but anybody listening out there, you know, knows Sean. He's met two of his biggest legends or, or, or heroes. So let's get the third one in there and uh, uh, and do an interview. And, uh, and I'll tell him I hate Mastikin. I'll tell him that song is fucking trash. <laughs> You know, you know, I think the thing that would be interesting to talk to him about if it were to ever happen, which is very hypothetical, would be would be not so much the Van Halen saga, because everybody talks to him about the Van Halen saga, but just about other parts of his career. You know, I think oh, it would be really, really interesting songs that people don't necessarily know about because, you know, artists today aren't going to go sell a whole lot of records and stuff like that, especially classic artists like Sammy. You know, I think some of those things would be really, really interesting to chat about. Sammy's story, though, for the week, Sammy had to clarify some comments. Did you see anything about this this week? I did. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, Sammy yes. kind of put his foot in his mouth a little bit. Um, well, that, that was an interview, apparently, that took place two months ago. Yeah. Or a month and a half ago. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, talking about how he wants to go out and play shows, and he's willing to, like, put his life on the line to do it. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> really? Are you? And, yeah, yeah, I don't think he meant it quite as powerfully as it came across, but, uh, but I was well, glad to yeah, see. And that's media at this day and age yeah i was glad to see that he clarified the comments because i was like oh that's kind of gross that you're willing to jam a whole bunch of people into a stadium just because but it really wasn't what he meant by that so that's a good thing but yeah so that is our show for the week i do believe this is our longest show let me let me see where we're clocking in at at this point yeah we're almost to an hour so one of our one of our longer shows that we've done so once again I will say, if there's songs that you want to hear, by all means, uh, give us a uh, give us a. <laughs> oh man, Dennis just bounced on me. He just left me all alone to finish up this show. But anyway, once again, if you want to hear a certain song, by all means, send us a note. We've got Sean and D's good tape at gmail.com. You can also reach us out on, on the Instagram page that Dennis is taking care of. You can reach out to me on Twitter. I'm at S Newell 78. That's S N E W E L L 78. And I'm happy to uh, take some comments of your friends with me on Facebook, because I'm sure a lot of people that are listening or people that we know, by all means, send me a message on Facebook, send me a text, whatever, but we're happy to uh take requests on all of this stuff and i hope you're still enjoying listening and we always appreciate the feedback but until next time this is sean and this has been sean and d's good tape